This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Welcome back to episode 31 of Open the Voice Gate. It's been a while and a lot of stuff has gone on. We'll be talking about the big news of Dead or Alive, King of Gate, and just... It, it's been a crazy week, Milo. How, how was your golden week? Uh, eventful. <laughs> Even, it was eventful. Uh, I did some more tourism a little bit. I went to... Okay, so basically, there's this place um, in Kyoto called Arashiyama Bamboo Forest. Okay. So, as the name would as the name would indicate, it's a bamboo forest. Oh, uh, awesome! On Storm Mountain, Arashiyama. That's Storm awesome. Mountain. 
very ominous. Yeah. So I decided that I wanted to go there because I would need the whole day because it's a pretty long way out of the city. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went there and I ended up walking in like the opposite direction. Oh no. And accidentally going up a really steep mountain trail to a tiny Buddhist temple. Okay. Like, no, I, by the time I got there, my knees felt like how imagine Keiji Muto's feel. Oh, jeez. Well, when he still had them. Mm -hmm. Like, it was hard. It was it was really, really steep. Re like, ugh. I ran out of water halfway through. Like, I thought I was gonna... I could have died. I think so. But I did get to the top, and at the top, there's this tiny little Buddhist temple, and there's a view of the mountain and the city. Like, I think it was probably fate that I accidentally went up there. Well, at least that you got, like, a pretty cool view out of it, you know? It was beautiful. It's oh, like, oh. And it was, like, such a sunny day, too, so, like, just perfect. So at least it paid off in the end, even though you're going to need to go get robot knees like Kenji Muto. Yeah, exactly. But I did go to the bamboo forest afterwards. Okay. I found my way back. I found my way back. So I went there, did a couple other things, and then Friday night I was out in Osaka all night. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I ended up in a tiny little gay bar. <laughs> Because, of course, I did. Mm -hmm. Where the music would essentially alternate between very kitschy 80s Japanese music. Like, the kitschiest thing you could possibly imagine. And the K-pop group EXO. Okay. Like, I walked in and EXO was playing and I was like, maybe this is fate. <laughs> I always knew they were for the gays, but now I'm glad to have the confirmation. Um, so yeah, I got to talk to really, really nice people. Actually, like, that some guy that I was talking to left, and then the bartender was like, oh, by the way, he just paid for all your drinks up to this point. So I was like, what? Oh, right on. Excuse me? <laughs> so no, that was really, yeah, that was really nice. The people were super cool. Just like... Because it was really, really small, so it was a lot more chill than if it was, like, a club. So it was more you like know? an... I'm going to mispronounce it. It's more like an, an izukaya. I mispronounced that. I know I did. Uh, well, no, because there was no food. Okay. But, um, no, it was more like your regular small bar. There's just, like, the bar and a few chairs, like, a few, like, um, couches. Okay. But, um, because it was, like, on the fifth floor of a building. Yeah. So, but it was really, really nice. I'll definitely try to go back there. Everybody was super, 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 super nice. Uh, when I left, it was about 3.30 in the morning. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, like, uh, the owner of the bar was like, hey, do you need me to call you a taxi and stuff like that? I was like, no, thank you. But, like, the thought was really nice. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That sounds like a, a great place, especially going from idle music to kitschy pop. That sounds pretty great. Honestly, that was incredible. Like, all these, like, you know, the big hair, the, 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 the sparkly outfits, the, sure. like, it was great. It was amazing. It was, like, really that kitschy Japanese pop music from, like, the 70s, 80s. Uh, 
love it. You know, what's not to love about it? It's essentially the same thing as pro wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I told you about this earlier about what happened to me that I had a story to tell you before we get into it. Yeah. And this is a short story. I know that we have, we have a lot to do. So I've been moving and I got the keys to my new place two weeks ago. And I was starting to go through, like, the person moved out very quickly. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to go through, you know, clean, make sure everything's okay. And then I was in the closet, and I was cleaning the drawers in the closet. And I was on one of the shelves. I was cleaning up there, and I found the most southern thing possible. The previous, <laughs> oh, God. The previous owner left behind their handgun. Their what? Their handgun. Oh, no! Like, fully functional? I didn't get that far, Milo. I, 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 I saw a bag, and I was like, this is either one of three things, a weapon, drugs, or sex toys. So <laughs> I was really hoping it was one of the other two, to be quite honest. And then I unzipped it a little bit, saw the handle of a revolver, immediately zipped it back up, and decided, well, I'm going to need to talk to my realtor now, because... <laughs> I don't know what this gun is. I don't know if this is, like, their gun or if it was just some random person's gun. So I spent basically a week trying to hunt down the seller of my new place. And eventually someone came by and picked up this gun. And they were just as confused as I was. Because I was like, who leaves a gun? Who leaves a gun at a house unless it's a gun you need to get rid of? So that's how my, that's how my move has been so far. But that's amazing. It, it, it was wild. And of course it happened right as I was moving boxes. And I was like, do I need to check and make sure that like Yuzushi Kanda hasn't buried a body here? Because <laughs> there's already a gun. What else you can I find? You should only be so lucky. Oh, man. If that happened, that would have been great. But not great. It would have been interesting. But so that's what I've been up to other than, you know, it's summer here. It's hot. It's gross. Allergies are terrible. That's life. But the what now? Oh, my allergies are terrible. Everything oh. blooms in this part of the south at about this time. So my car is like bright yellow right now. That's wow. It's it's a thing, but it's a... choices. Choices. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it's been kind of a crazy last month for Dragon Gate and. Really, the first thing we need to get into before we start talking about the shows is that we talked a little bit about this on last episode, and we were alluding to that it was a situation very much in motion. It wasn't, nothing was cemented, but the other shoe dropped, and I'm just going to read the official statement. I think that would probably be a good way to intro into this. Do you think so? Hmm? All right, so this is from the uh, Dragon Gate Pro Wrestling official English Facebook account. Fans, friends, and everyone, today we'd like to make several announcements. Dragon Gate president Takashi Okamura is stepping down from his position due to health issues. Domestic operations will continue under a new company, Dragon Gate Entertainment Incorporated. Dragon Gate senior management member Toru Kido has been promoted to lead Dragon Gate Entertainment operations. Nobuhu... Nobuhiko Oshima Shima will assume the role of president for Dragon Gate Incorporated. This branch will focus on Shanghai, China. 
T-Hawk, L. Lindemann, and Takahiro Yamamura will be Dragon Gate Incorporated roster members and will also be based out of Shanghai with the OWE promotion as a priority. While this will decrease their appearances in Japan, we hope fans will continue to support their efforts as they undertake this new challenge. We would like to thank the fans for their continued support and ask for their understanding during this transition. And that was on May 6th. Mm. So, f- first off, uh, I think we should talk about President Okamura. Just because... Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. I guess I cut oh, out yeah. for a second. I'm just going to repeat what I said, and I'll edit this out. Uh, I think, first off, we should probably talk about President Okamura stepping down, because that is... Very huge news because he's the only president that Dragon Gate's had since the split. So, it seems like it's a health-related issue. I don't know if you noticed this, but I kind of noticed that he wasn't at Katoka's graduation or retirement. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Um, I did. A little bit. I wasn't paying too much attention because I was wondering... I always wonder that, and it never happens, but I was wondering if, like, the ex-millennials who are now heels would see him off. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, it never happens, but I keep hoping for it, you know? Right. Um, so I didn't really, like, pay attention or anything. Yeah. But. And it's... President Okamura has been related to Dragon Gate and Toriumon since 1999, he kind of was the man on the ground during the Torimon days, and then he became the president when the split happened. And he doesn't go to very many shows, and I thought, but he always goes to graduations or retirement, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And obviously, hope nothing but the best for him and his health going forward, because it's, you know, it's a big change. And uh, a Toru Kiddo has been with the company pretty much since day one uh i don't know if you've ever seen him at shows milo have you kido kido yeah yeah i know i have no idea what he looks like but um he, he's been there forever it sounds like I mean, oh go ahead i might have seen him but since i have no idea what he looks like you can't put the I face in the name right but so i guess really from what it sounds like to me, and this is just my impression, is that he's going to be a little bit of a placeholder president. It, oh. Some news kind of came out that a lot of wrestlers who stayed behind in the Japan office are taking more prominent leadership roles. First and foremost, Yoshino has been pointed out, so there might be a plan down the line that Yoshino might be in charge. So... That might be interesting, and then, interesting. and then, yeah, the uh, the Shima to China thing is official. Mm. Yeah, but he's still doing it somehow under the Dragon Gate name. Yes, that is something that we should be really clear about. This isn't like a complete divorce, like that Shima took his boys and OWE and went off to China. They're still. <laughs> Well, I, I try to think of a better way to put it. But he's still going to make us pay child support. Oh, yes. We, we still have to pay ch- child support to, to Shima and go work out at mid-breath and all those things. But uh, it's the way that I think to best liken it to is that 
there's now a Chinese side led by Shima and a Japanese side led by Kido and the wrestlers who are still in Japan. So it's interesting the wrestlers Shima has going with him, I think. Especially T-Hawk. Interesting. I think that's good for T-Hawk to go away, to be quite honest. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm a little bit puzzled, you know, because he's taking T-Hawk, Linda, and Yamamura, right? Yes. No no one else? Yes, just those three. So he's taking those two guys, and they're going to be baby faces. I think so. I, I mean, Linda cut his <laughs> hair, and... <laughs> He looks so happy, and it's like he how... He looks like a freshly laid egg. <laughs> uh, he looks like a little Buddha, almost. Yeah, he really does. It's adorable. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, just that picture that he posted was freaking incredible. Tremendous. Like, oh my god. Anyway. It... It was past time for Linda Men to do an excursion, so yeah. this is good for him. Yamamura, he's still rehabbing a lot. He's getting mm. good news about the rehab, but he's still a long ways away. But, I mean, these are guys that Shima has been very close with since the beginning. Especially Yamamura, T-Hawk, Linda Men a little bit less so, but these three, these three younger guys are kind of been under Shima's umbrella for most of their careers. So, mm. and uh, one last thing that I think we should really note is there, actually two things, at least from people I've talked to and all of this. For one, they, they're they not gone forever. That when the schedule permits and if there's big enough times, Shima, Lindemann, T-Hawk and eventually Yamamura might show up back in Japan. I wouldn't be surprised, really, if they show, if, if they're at Dead or, not Dead or Alive, at Kobe World. Mm. And the other big... I mean, they might. They might, yeah. They might come back and actually do, like, an exhibition match against uh, the OWE guys. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it, that relationship, which people were kind of questioning... Dragon Gate and OWE, it seems actually now more strong since now it's more solidified now that Shima now permanently is focusing on that. So who knows? And Shima and T-Hawk and Lindemann, they are already doing more shows outside of OWE. I don't know if you caught that. <coughs> Where? Uh, oh no, no problem. Well, uh, Shima has a show, and it's his first show in the United States. He's in Las Vegas this weekend. Oh, and uh, the three of them are going to Australia at the end of the month. With Australia? Some, yeah, with some OWE guys. So okay. if you are a fan of any of them and you haven't had a chance to see them live before, it seems like this is might be really okay, good. But- in Australia because Australia is pretty fucking big right uh, let me see if I could find this again because it was uh, because Australia is a scene that's kind of booming a little bit mm-hmm. so it wouldn't surprise me if it's 
I just clicked the wrong one. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it's like Melbourne City, the one that's uh, connected with uh, New Japan, to be quite honest. I think it's Australia Wrestling or Australasian Wrestling Federation is the one I think it is. Okay. So it, it's going to be interesting over the next uh, few months to see when everything settles and kind of see if there's any interaction going down the line, you know? So. It's obviously it. I think it's the biggest story since the 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 Torimon split. To be honest, just I would be, say, yeah, definitely. I mean, it and the feeling was already felt when at Corkin, you know, like it the 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 show had a different vibe, for lack of a better I mean, term. Weird. Sorry. Like, not I said, Dragon Gate feels weird, but not necessarily weird in a in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It just feels different already. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So the company in Australia is the AWF, the Australasian Wrestling Federation, okay. and it seems that they do they're doing shows in Sydney, Melbourne, and Adelaide that the three of them are going to be on. Okay. So. so so putting it out there for any Australians that might be listening yeah uh, the only matches I've seen announced for involving them are uh, Jay Lethal versus Shima in Melbourne and uh, okay. yeah like that's that that's a weird match to be quite honest <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a guy named TNT defends his AWF Commonwealth title against Shima and Sydney. Nice. So, who knows? Well, defends. Yeah. He will certainly try. <laughs> he will try. This is Shima. So, Shima might be collecting hardware from a Australian company that I didn't know existed until <laughs> the last few weeks. Not to be mean. I'm not I'm definitely not trying to be mean, but I didn't know it existed until I heard this news. Mm-hmm. So, it's... So yeah, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, doing a lot of things. I don't know, man. This is weird. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see over the the rest of this year how it plays out, you know, because OWE has a chance to really be a thing. Like, there's a lot of money behind it. The guys who are part of it are crazy mm. talented. So it, it'll be interesting to see it play there's out. There's a huge. Sorry. There's a huge audience. Enormous audience. Like their streaming numbers are incredible already, just for the first show. Yeah, too. So to put the Dragon Gate guys in front of that audience, mm-hmm. be able also to bring more eyes to Dragon Gate. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, I definitely think it isn't uh, a bad idea from a marketing standpoint. You know, if they have the financial ability to sustain that kind of um, that kind of system, mm-hmm. then sure, why not? You know, see how it works over a period of maybe six months. Yeah. But, ah, I still find it weird that it seems like Shima basically strong-armed his way into being the president of his own company. I mean... I mean, it's not surprising. It's probably the least surprising thing he's ever done. (laughs) But... Hmm... There was something that I saw, and I'm trying to think who was the person who said this on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, 
But Shima has always been someone that, for his good sides and his bad sides, he has his finger on the pulse. Oh, he really does. So, I mean, he's been over there off and on, and more on this year, but he's been over there a lot, dating back to, I think, last October? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It, 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 it's not like that he's pulled like an, a swerve and like this was just something that happened no, over the last month. not, but yeah. I mean, he did, you know, um, dedicate a lot of his time to it. Right. More than he did to Dragon Gate, basically saying, hey, look what I can do if you give me the opportunity. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I think that with Dragon Gate, there's always drama between things. Like, this is the... Leading up to this, this was the longest period without drama that I can remember. <laughs> oh, Dragon Gate. What would we do without you? So, it... The, the, the fact that it's Shima doing this is something. You know? Mm-hmm. And especially considering where Shima was on cards... And how the company was, the focus has really changed over the last few years away from him. Who knows? He might have been like, I don't feel like I'm doing, I'm being appreciated enough. I really like training wrestlers and having, like, being a mentor figure. This is the opportunity. Let me run (laughs) with it. (laughs) Shima doesn't feel appreciated enough? I'm just speculating. I'm just speculating. Somebody's got a god complex. But... I guess the way that, like, it feels like to me is that for him at this part of, the, of his career, it's a good move. For Lindemann and T-Hawk, it's a great move for them. I mean, T-Hawk, like, who boy. When we get to talking about Dead or Alive, that was, that was tough. And, and Lindemann... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... At least he tries. Oh yeah, he tried. Which you can't say the same for everyone. Right. Um, so I really like at this point, if this doesn't give him the cake that he needs, then maybe you should just like wash your hands of him, you know. Mm-hmm. Make him the new Cybercon. <laughs> I can't believe I just said this, Oof. but it might be the only option for him at this point if this doesn't, you know, finally light him on fire the way that we've been hoping to. And that the company really has been hoping to, to be honest. Mm-mm. So, and then with Yamamura, I mean, he's someone who has probably the closest relationship with Shima on the roster. Mm. So... Yeah, I mean, Shima basically birthed him yeah so i i mean yalamore's first wrestling memory was watching dragon gate as a kid so it's i i'm glad that like after everything went silent for yamamura after his injury and then things went quiet again after he showed up at final gate i'm glad that he seems that recovery seems to be going pretty well and that and that now uh doctors are thinking that there's that there's a better than 50% chance he's going to come back to wrestle. So, hey. Mm. But it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting. It's something to keep everyone's eye on for the next while and see how this plays out because we're entering uncharted uncharted waters in Dragon Gate. 
at this point, I don't think there's uh, any speculation that we could make that would be wilder than what is actually going to happen. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Shima might become the Hulk Hogan of China for all we know. He already is. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> So, anyways, there's been a lot of shows over the last week. There's been four shows on Dragon Gate Network since the third, and it's been just kind of a madhouse of stuff. I figured that, really, Kyoto only had a couple major things to talk about on it, so the big thing that I really wanted to, that I feel like we should get into is Team KZ now officially has a name, it has a theme, a color scheme, and a, well, a, uh, a a general character. They are now called Natural Vibes. And Milo, how do you feel about Natural Vibes as a concept and how it's going so far? I mean, it's, pre it's a pretty incredible blend of aesthetics. Like, it's a Rasta-based unit, like inspired units. Mm-hmm. With a disco entrance theme and a 90s boy band dance routine. It's basically the most crazy thing to ever happen in ever in the history of the world. I love it. Like this I, Oh like so do I. Oh my god, are you kidding? It's awesome. Like I, I, I don't know, the first time that like I heard the theme, I was just like, okay, and it's not usually my kind of music, but I was listening to it, listening to it, and it's super catchy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, anything with Yashi involved is going to have the Rasta colors or things with that, and it works for everyone. It's kind of funny to see Susumu kind of along, along the ride, but I think it's great. Susumu is definitely the one who's maybe, like, the least into the dance, but at least he's doing it. But, like, Susumu and Genki have the history of Doofixer dancing, so it's good to have two guys there. Punch Tomonaga, though. Holy crap. Oh my god, he's going all out. Like, this is the best thing that ever happened to him. Like, he's all in it, and he's approved pretty much each time I've seen him dance, and he's into it. I don't think anyone's as into it as Genki is, though. I, I love seeing Genki have fun. Listen. Mm-hmm. He can do whatever he wants. He can... Genki Horiguchi can, can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> I, I mean... Well, except for Beach Break, but... Yeah. Yeah. He... I love, I love it. You know? He, I mean, he was the one who was probably the most, like, emotionally destroyed by the end of the Jimmies. Right. So, to see him having fun like this, it just makes my little heart flutter. And he's wrestling without a shirt for the first time in his career. So, hey, he's in his 40s and is like... I like the... his new tights. Oh, yeah, with the flag going off of it? Yeah. There's a lot less going on than usual. So it's probably a little bit better. I mean, Milo, could anything be as busy as his Jimmy's gear, though? No. But that's also why we love him. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's great. It's just one thing to are like, oh... This is actually subdued for Ginky. And then he shows up wearing like a shiny gold lame sweatshirt, hooded sweatshirt. Like, okay, all right, still Ginky. Be still my beating heart. <laughs> and Yashi, uh, Yashi's there. Uh, I'll, at least in my opinion, he's there. 
he's been... there. I like that he's already made the announcement that people should enjoy this while it lasts because he's probably going to turn on them soon. I mean, it's Yashi. He's always going to turn on people. You know, at least self-aware. Incredibly self-aware. Like big ups to Yashi for knowing exactly who he is and admitting it. So, it's been, I, I it, it's been interesting watching them have matches now they've had like four televised shows with matches that we've they've had title matches kz had a cork in the main event and there was a big eight man tag but it's interesting to see one how the crowd reacts to the dancing after about eight years since hulk stopped dancing so it's been a while since anyone started dancing and the fact that they, that they i'm trying to the best way to say this KZ isn't crumbling under the pressure like other wrestlers in the past have when they've had their first unit based around them. Mm. So, I thought that was kind of a big thing from the first night in Kyoto. The, the card in of itself was fine. Everything was kind of leading up to Dead or Alive, so it was okay. Uh, big Bend had, a, had another tag match, but really nothing worth watching. Probably... Oh. Oh, go ahead. I oh, know. I was gonna ask, what about those o- uh, OWE guys? That was on night two, and okay. so Shima and T Hawk had a match with two OWE guys. That mm-hmm. if you've been on Twitter over the last week, you've seen. I have seen the gifts. These guys are fucking crazy. They're built on springs or something. Yeah, it's incredible. Like the one of the big things about OWE is that. The actual owner of OWE is a film producer who at one point led the... The best way I've seen it described it was the PR office of the Shaolin Temple. So, okay. So these are all Shaolin-trained wrestlers. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was going to ask, are you sure that they're not from Cirque du Soleil or something? I mean, it's crazy. Like, so the, this match is... I think it's still on DGNet for another day or so. Mm-hmm. Or no, two days. So it's only eight minutes, so people who have an opportunity to, it's worth watching. Uh, it's Shima and Gao Jinja versus T-Hawk and Scorpio Double X. And... Scorpio Double X, fuck yeah, that's a name. There are a lot of names with the OWE guys. Hmm. That, that there is a guy named Mr. Cool, who is my favorite guy on the entire roster. <laughs> that, there's Aben, who is supposed to be their ace, and he has cheekbones that could cut ice. And oh. the, the, there's a, they have their own version of Cyber Kong already. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. But the match was really interesting. It was Gao Xixia's and Scorpio XX's second ever match. Okay. And holy shit. The one thing I'll really say is that you could tell that it was that they weren't out of um it wasn't like they were missing it missing moves like blowing spots. It wasn't like that they were like out to lunch and lost. It just mm. y- it was very very choreographed. So I would expect uh, yeah, that's what I would expect. Yeah, so... I mean, from all the accounts and reports that I've heard about the company already, they mm-hmm. seem to be hyper-focused, more than most wrestling companies, on the spectacle aspect of it. 
yeah, that, that that's a great way to put it. Mm. But there was some crazy stuff. I mean, Gao Zhijia is insane person, jumping from the floor over the apron, doing a double stomp was insane. I know. I know that's what I mean. Like, the, are we sure those guys are not gen- genetically engineered? Oh. Yeah, I mean, they it was might. Just Shima. It was just Shima and the owner dude, like in a lab, looking like fucking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And, and, and I mean, these guys are like Shima's like crushes because everyone knows how much Shima loves guys who can do flips and crazy stuff. Yes. So it's 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 one of the things that uh I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of OWE on DG Network. They do stream when they do streaming shows. But it's really worth checking out this match just because of just, one, how preposterous in a good way some of the stuff going on is. And two, it's it's nice seeing what wrestling can be, what wrestling could be in a different different area, like a brand new area, you know? And I like that. So it's kind of cool seeing like, oh, this is what the vanguard of Chinese wrestling is going to be. So it was, it's really cool. Um, I have to say that uh, their ring gear pales in comparison to some of the costumes and looks that the other OWE guys have. And I'm going to need a photo gallery. Oh, I'll, we, we have a really good question in the mailbag about... You know what we're going to need to do? Yeah. You know what we're going to need to do? What do we need to do, Milo? We need to bring back open the fashion gate. Oh, uh, we are going to in the mailbag because we've had we had some someone ask us questions about these guys. So yeah. we'll, we'll be we'll be getting to that later. But that that's really all I feel like needs to be said about Kyoto. It was okay. good. It was good for like leading up to leading up to uh, Dead or Alive and King of Gate. I mean, mm-hmm. it was at KBS Hall, the most beautiful. Uh, the most beautiful wrestling venue in the world. So that was that cool. That we finally get to see Dragon Gate in. Yeah. So that owned. But the matches themselves, you I know. You still haven't been to KBS Hall? I fucking hate myself. I still haven't been there because most of the shows that, like, take place there that I would want to go to are during the week. Yeah. And then I didn't go during uh, during Golden Week because I kind of bled myself dry. I, I mean... So I, didn't, so I didn't have any money. <laughs> I, you also climbed a mountain, so I think it's understandable. I also climbed the mountain, yeah. But yeah, I no, but I, I I need to go. I still have a few months, so yeah. I think now is we're we're gonna take a look at Dead or Alive. It was yes, do it. Yep, we're gonna get into it. Uh, overall, what do you think about the show? okay definitely not my favorite dead or alive i'd agree like a lot of the stuff kind of felt like it was there and it made sense why things kind of felt a little out of place and not special given what happened later but yeah Mm. i just like I'm, i'm looking over my dragon gate notebook which milo likes making fun of me for and a lot of my notes. I don't know. I don't. I don't make fun of you. It's just that it's it's such like. 
It's so professional and cute. You know me, I'm neither of those things, so I don't have notes. I, I have to, because my memory at this point of my life is gone. So <laughs> I need to have my notes. But I'm looking at it, and in my opinion, the undercard matches were all okay, really. Like, they, they were undercard uh, pay-per-view ma matches, you know? Like, not much <laughs> to it. So, it just, they all were kind of there. It made sense later that Kness and Fuji were teaming. But mm. that really was it. Uh, the young guys debuted new gear. That was neat. So, yeah, the undercard kind of was there. Uh, Kagatora got knocked out, which played a role in the Deader and the Cage match. But, uh, yeah, that's really all I could think about to talk about the undercard matches. Were there any... Anything of note that you had about them? Oh, I fucking love Shun Skywalker. He's gotten so good. Oh, I fucking love Shun Skywalker. My son. My f space frog son. It, it's he's kind of... so crisp. Yeah, you know? that's the thing. For a guy of his size, because he's taller than most people on the roster. Yeah, he's, he's very tall and lanky, but yeah. he makes it work. He is filling out a little bit more. He's he's putting he on some mass. Yeah, he's filling out. He doesn't really have the body type that you would expect of like somebody who does what he does. Yeah. But he freaking he pulls it off so well. He's always so entertaining to watch. I can't wait for his King of Gate matches. Yeah, um, we didn't mention this earlier, but he was the last representative in the King of Gate tournament. He won that match in Hakata. Which really is the only thing that if you want, people are going to go back and watch Akata, that's really the only thing worth watching out of that show. But yeah, I'm stoked to see how he's going to play. I mean, he's in a great block for him too. Mm. So I, I I do feel like that we need to give a little bit of tough love to one of the younger guys here. And we've talked about this a little bit between us. Uh, it, it, it's time for our small leopard son the big cat Hyo to get a little bit of tough love because between dead or alive and I mean, we Corkin, would not be good parents we wouldn't be milo just let him fuck up his life and it, it, it's something that he was better at dead or alive than he was at Corkin. yeah but he has all these great ideas and move ideas right but he can't pull them off. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. not. They're not ring ready. Basically. Hello. Oh no! Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just saying he his ideas are not ring ready. Hmm. So it got a lot. I think it was a lot more worse at Corkin though. But yeah, it's, yeah. He did not have a great time at Corakoran. No. Like, it. Mm, it no. It was bad. Uh, the uh, One of the matches on the show that ended up being outside of the main event in a Triangle Gate match that was one of my favorite matches on the show was the Brave Gate match with uh, Dragon Kid and Maria. I really enjoyed this match. It became kind of ironic later on when DK talked about already being injured and winning. Listen. <laughs> Listen. So I will say... I did like the match. I really love the back and forth that led to the finish. Mm -hmm. But 
DK already being fucking injured is the most predictable and infuriating thing in the fucking world. And I will keep saying this until people actually not necessarily agree with me, but recognize my point and recognize that I'm not talking shit about Dragon Kid as a wrestler. I'm talking about the fact that Dragon Kid is a 42-year-old man whose body is just not... not necessarily what it used to be, because he's always been pretty fragile, but even more so now. He gets injured literally all the time. To various degrees, but all the fucking time. And it's just... It's just not fair. And I know that people are gonna be like, oh, but Milo, life's not fair. Milo, wrestling's not fair. It's not about who deserves it the most, blah, blah, blah. Joel ends a voice. But it's just not fair that everybody else gets passed over for a guy who is just eventually going to break down and have to vacate his title over and over again. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And it's what I keep saying on Twitter every time this shit happens, is that... Those who do not acknowledge the past are doomed to repeat it. And we already and saw it. Just... Sorry, what? And we already saw it already. He, he has a broken yeah, toe. Yeah, he's already fucking injured. Mm-hmm. What, is the, what, what even is the point? Why? I don't understand. I just... I don't understand, and I can't... Like... I can't in my right mind... Um... Uh, I don't know the fuck. I can't. I don't, I don't know the word, but like, accept it. Not really. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Abide by this. Yeah, it's just. <sighs> it just makes me mad because I feel like this could be so easily avoided, and it's not. And, and it... I don't know. I don't know why it's so difficult to recognize that maybe. Right now, at 42, with the body that he has and the track record that he has, Dragon Kid is maybe not the best person to put one of your top titles on. And especially a title that has had so much ups and downs so far this year. Right. And, oh, are things okay over there? Yeah. Sorry. It's just... I've never heard a Japanese... uh, fire engine or ambulance before so i was like oh wow okay stuff's going down over there but yeah yeah. but yeah it's one of the things that it's incredible what dragon kid can do at 42 it is and i'm not disputing that at all i wish people would understand that Mm -hmm. it's just so him being in this role he has a role in the company it's just Leading the Brave Gate division might not be it. Yeah. And I think that's what boils down to. Yeah. But the matchup itself, I loved. He broke out Jesus Walks, which is always cool to see, which he did on a broken foot, which I I have to give him credit for, for wrestling injured and doing that move while injured. But it was a really fun match. I loved it. It was... You know, Maria each time brings it more and more, and just hope that now with how Tri Vanguard is, brings it more and more, and look what it brings her. 
I mean, it, it, it's difficult, I feel like, that, like, Dragon Kid's always going to have this role, and the Brave Gate, I don't feel like should be used for this kind of role, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it, I wanted her to win, but Dragon Kid for once wins in his hometown, which rarely happens, too, so... Uh, the one of the only the uh, one of the only th- three title matches that happened was the Brave Gate. The other one was the Twin Gate, where uh, Big Ben got the uh, got the Twin Gate title. They beat they beat uh, uh, T Hawk and Ada in what might be T Hawk's last Dragon Gate match for a while. It was the uh, shot put spear, and it was an interesting match, but not interesting in like the match like they did interesting things in it it was interesting to kind of see just how t-hawk and ada have fallen to where they were in the millennials to me it's pretty terrifying isn't it like for for me this match had way too much of ada who does not care it's it's visible now how little he cares, mm. and the crowd just like boos him. Okay, and then T Hawk's putting in effort. He's trying, and the crowd does not give a single shit about T Hawk. Oh God. But like that all being said, when Big Ben were on offense, the crowd was really into it. They it was awesome. Like just good. We need them to be into it. Yeah, we, we need the audience to be into it. So, I mean, all things considered, this was a title change that had to happen, and good for Big Ben, you know? I think that this is going to be, it'll be an interesting kind of period for them. I mean, I'm assuming with how the schedule's going, they'll get the, uh, they'll defend it at Kobe World. I don't know if there'll be another title match before then, but... Seems unlikely. Yeah, seems unlikely, but it was a, it was my least favorite title match, and, but that being said... The finish, the last like five minutes of the match were were fire. Like that, like I that loved was great. it because it was exactly what I wanted Ata to be doing in this match. Dying a lot. Just, just be a fucking ragdoll. <laughs> like when you put him in there with like three of the biggest guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to happen. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Oh no, you're absolutely right. Like, he, he had to bump around and look like he was dead half the time. And if this match had a whole lot more of it, I would have liked it a lot more. Mm. It, I can definitely understand that. Like, the, beat some sense into this kid, please, Big Ben. Please. <laughs> it's up to you now. I mean, I, we didn't get into this earlier, but one of those spots in China probably was Ada's if he actually, like, gave a shit. Yeah, but, you know, there are so many things that could be happening if Ata actually gave a shit. <laughs> I mean... Do you remember two years ago, like, literally almost two years ago to the day when he was going to be, like, one of the hottest commodities in the company and perhaps, like, the next part of the next big six? What happened to that? I think... What happened to the Ata who, almost two years ago, like day for like, day for day to the day was having these killer matches with Susumu and Tozawa. I know. What happened to him? Where is he? Like, he was the breakout star of the 2016 King of Gate tournament. It was... 
And then he went and did the Super J Cup, and everyone was like, all right, Ada's finally taking this role, and now it's back to yeah, how Ada was before. That's the thing that is so infuriating about Ada, is that I don't think he's regressed as a wrestler. No, not at all. I think that when he actually gives a shit, and when he actually wants to work, he's easily a top five guy in Dragon Gate right now. Yeah. To me, at least. Oh, I completely agree with you. Uh, the problem is that he doesn't give a shit. He's so disinterested in everything that's happening. Like, if you don't want to be a wrestler anymore, I would rather you do that than just don't care and drag everybody down with you. And really, it was... Or, oh, go ahead. If you want to go get your dick wet in Mexico, <laughs> you know, if you want to go get your dick wet in Mexico, then please be my guest. Go ahead. Anything that motivates you. It's, because it's it's really like I feel like parents watching my child squander all of their potential. Yeah. And, and it's really like it's really disheartening. And it's one of the things that at least in Corkin, Doy was able to pull him out of it for a little bit. But mm -hmm. he shouldn't have to. Right now out of people of his generation, he is the uh, top guy of his generation. He's now... Yeah, but he is the weakest link. Yeah. Goodbye. He's now, like... They've had to take his heel stable away from his control. Mm. Like, it's... It's really put up or shut up with Ada. Like, I don't know what else Dragon Gate really could do other than basically, basically saying, Hey, you want to go wrestle in Mexico again? Here's your ticket. Bye. But th that all being said, it was, I'm really excited to see what Big Ben can do with the belts. Me too. And I have faith in my large sons. Our large, our, our large kind of, uh, I don't trust them to uh, do my taxes, <laughs> but you know, uh, if they want to help me move, first guys I call. Oh yeah. First guys I call. <laughs> Only guys you call. Don't need anyone else. Oh no. Gosh, I feel like that uh the two of I feel like that the two of them, if they were gonna move me out of my old apartment, could probably do it in half an hour. Yeah, and they would move you, like they would literally physically move you as well. <laughs> It'd be like, Mike, you're coming with us. Oh, wait, uh I have my car. No, got you. And I feel like that that I get shot put slammed into the moving truck. <laughs> yes. So, that the next match was my favorite match of the night, and that was uh, the Triangle Gate match of Doyoshi and Lee dropping the belts to the new Natural Vibes team of KZ, Susumu Yokosuka, and Ginky Horikuchi. Milo, what were your thoughts of this match? Now, that was really good. This I liked. This I liked a lot. Everybody worked hard. Everybody did what we expected them to do, and a little bit more. It felt fresh. I loved it. Casey got a pretty, like, nice pin, because he pinned Doi. Yeah. Which is not nothing. Yeah. Like, it's not Yoshino, but it's not nothing. I, I mean, it's not pinning Jason Lee, which, I mean, usually it's... that's what you'd think would happen. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I loved it. I really, really did. It was probably my favorite match of the night. Same, same. Um... 
I, I do think it was really funny that Doi had his usual big show gear on with the silver hair. Jason had like a new, had like new shoulder pads. Masato Yoshino, nothing has changed. He really is the single black coffee of Dragon Gate. He is. I mean, no wonder he's now like the uh, like now management inside the company because he's all serious all the time. He's so annoying. I'm tired. Like, <laughs> can you make like effort for once in your life? We just we just want a new costume out of you. It's a big match. I'm tired of him. Masato, just at least wear like a baseball jersey or something. I yeah. don't know, but just something. Fucking lighten up, man. Uh, I mean, I I I don't know what his favorite baseball team is, but maybe he needs like his favorite baseball team needs to win the NPB. You know, maybe that will bring him some spirits. You know, but with mm-hmm. him, but with him wilding out, might just be uh, I don't know, wearing a baseball jersey or smiling a little bit more. But I love Yoshino. He's one of my favorite guys on the roster. But like you, what the only like excitement you get out of Masato Yoshino with his costumes is the every five years where he dresses up as sexy Tarzan. That's it. Or when he pulls up the straps. That's even more rare, though. I know. That's what makes it so exciting. <laughs> but uh, this match ruled. Uh, the chemistry that. KZ, Susumu, and Ginky Koriguchi have is awesome. Mm. Like, these, I mean, these two, we should have known. Yeah. It was tremendous. I love this match. Had an incredible finishing stretch. Uh, the way that KZ so- sells a Bakatari sliding kick is insane. Okay, but he, like, that was one of the most violent Bakatari sliding kicks I've ever seen. True. Like, he got him right in the solar plexus. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit sounded like it fucking hurts. Casey's had a rough couple of days between that and the Yamato match, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was, it's interesting that, like, now I I have the feeling that this match kind of had two two motives. One was of course put the belts on the new face unit, but two this opens up Doi and Yoshi leading into King of Gate and the road to Kobe World. You know, like I don't know. It just seems like there could be some stuff going on with them. I don't think in, in, either of them are uh, going to drop or leave or things like this. It just makes things interesting. <sighs> yeah. I agree, essentially. But that match was awesome. I saw that on DG Network, they are having the big shows up for longer. So if you haven't, out of anything that at least... I have watched over the last week. This is the match that I only have time for one. Check out this match. It was awesome. The triangle gate. Oh, go ahead. For me, sorry. It was following the the amazing match at um, 
at Champion Gate, it really was a match that confirmed for me that as much as we love the, the four-team clusterfucks, mm-hmm. sometimes three-on-three three is all you need. I mean, I, I'm glad they've gotten away from doing the three ways and four ways, you know? Because ever since then, like, we've had some great, like, straight-up trios matches. I mean, that Champion Gate match was... oh, It was insane. That was um, um, one of the best matches I've ever seen live. Oh, yeah. Easy. But yeah, I I don't really have much else to say about this match. This match ruled. I I gave it four and a half stars. I easily, I feel like, up there with one of the top matches so far in Dragon Gate's year. Loved it. Loved mm-hmm. it. But that leads us to the main event. Uh, the seven-way care versus hair clusterfuck cage match, and it was, you know, it was the uh, the new rules. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. In my mind, but it was an interesting match. Uh. Oh, were you not as much of a fan of the match? I mean, go ahead. I'll I just say my like I liked how uh the idea of having like each unit kind of have their own like interference time there are some of them that felt pretty pretty bad to be quite honest <laughs> like uh the unaligned one was just kind of there and uh over generation wilding out was pretty funny I like that um uh, fucking Gamma is a terrible influence on our children. <laughs> He's got Kaito in on the act now. I I turned my head for maybe 30 seconds. And then Kaito Ishida was climbing the cage in his fucking swimming trunks. In his Speedos. Gamma, what are you teaching those kids? I have to say this is maybe the one thing about the thing about Shima leading over generation was at least they kind of let Gamma do his thing but not influence the children. Because Yeah. See, this is the thing that I wanted to bring up is that I was actually more entertained by anything that was going on outside of the cage than what was going on inside of the cage. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like Like I pop I pop more for the yearly Masato Yoshino baseball callback mm-hmm. than for any of the escapes. Yeah, like, other than uh, Kagatora pulling off his shirt to reveal that he's tried Vanguard. That like, was dope. Also, yeah, he looked ripped in that. How is it that wrestlers always look more ripped when they're wearing clothes? I think they always wear, like, a size too small. It's a trick of the mind. Yeah, totally. But... It's just one of those things, you know, like, I still think my favorite Dead or Alive cage match was the one that Yamato won, and they had to end up shaving Katoka's head. Oh, 2016? Yeah, 2016. Two years ago. 2016. That was a fucking... A masterpiece! Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That everything. Okay, no, the 2016 cage match. I If I could marry a wrestling match, I would give myself entirely to this match. Like, I mean, we've already talked about it when it happened, but 
oh, it was so good. Everything, the wrestling, the story, the emotion, the, ah. The, oh, yes. 2016 Dead or Alive Cage match. If anyone listening has not seen it, go watch it because I can guarantee you it's been two years and a lot of water has flown under the bridge. But it ages beautifully. It really does. I don't think this one really is going to. No. No, it wasn't like nothing. I don't know. Nothing stuck out, you know? I, can't, I, I, I bet that I could name you more in-ring, like, things that happened in the 2016 match that I saw last time. I rewatched. I mean, I didn't. I haven't rewatched it in a while, but I saw it two years ago when it mm-hmm. happened. Then I could tell you anything that happened in this match that I saw two days ago. Yeah, and you know, I'm looking at my notes for the match, and almost all of them are about stuff that happened outside of the cage. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. Maria as a cat burglar? Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Benke climbing Extreme, the cage. Yes. Sorry? Oh, oh, I was going to say, Maria as a cat burglar. That was awesome. Dark Hole coming out. He didn't. He didn't Dark Hole? He didn't, okay, no, the Tribe Vanguard were really like. I don't know what kind of. What happened backstage? That led to Tri Vendard coming out the way that they did, but be still my beating heart. Between Maria as a cat burglar, and I have to say, Yosuke Watanabe is better at tucking than a lot of the drag queens I know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dark Hulk, I yeah. mean, come on. We're, I mean, p- the people know that this is a horny podcast, and there is no one that we are more horny for than Dark Hulk. And it's been so long since we got to see Dark Hulk, too. Like, I, I'm disappointed he didn't come out with the that he came out with the wine bottle, but he didn't spit it in anyone's face. You know? Oh, no, no, that would that would have been a health hazard for me. <laughs> I, I, I mean, don't tease us with the with the wine bottle if he's not going to drink it and spit it at someone. We want to see some spit. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and then UT as a schoolgirl? Are yeah. you kidding me? That that was the hard left out of it because it was like so cute. I, oh, so cute. But like that was a great segment mm. with it. Uh, and I did love also that Maria as a cat burglar with the rope was a great callback to Hulk. Yeah, because Hulk usually all has the rope, but he's not gonna have rope when he's Dark Hulk. So, mm. yeah. Uh, probably my favorite one, I think. Okay, two was one Don Fuji just strutting down, taking forever to get down <laughs> to the cage. Just the whole entire, it was like three minutes of the segment for the, uh, for the uh, unaffiliated guys, which is Don Fuji doing that. Of course, then he stripped and revealed he was in his samurai muashi. So like that, not samurai, sorry, his sumo muashi, which was You funny. know your day is going to go well when you get to see Don Fuji's ass. Hey, hey uh, he, was, he was very thick. He's a thick man. But uh, also, Benke climbing the cage just to bend a uh, frying pan was amazing. Didn't do anything else. Just spit the fire, the frying pan, and left. Like that was it. And I was like, why are you do? Why do you do the things you do, Big Ben? Why do you? Uh, but please never stop doing them. Oh, it's part of their charm. They're, they're lovable idiots, and it's yeah. great. Uh, it's because he knows what appeals to my specific sensibilities. I love men who can bend frying pans in half with their own freaking hands. I mean, Zeus does it. Zeus does it. And uh, we all know how I feel about this. 
Zeus does it. Uh, PCO does it over here. He he no, bends. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, he's a crazy uh, Canadian guy from the '90s who now is incredibly is incredibly like coked out and is just like doing stuff like bending bars of rebarb on his head as as Twitter yeah, things. That out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, one thing I do have to say about the uh, overgeneration part was. Maybe retire the uh, ball cannon because that was some of the worst time I've seen them do that. Like, it hit the cage, like, twice. <laughs> Yoshino hit it more when he was doing his baseball stints. He was throwing from the uh, stage and was hitting the cage. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. Good for him. Like, he still has an arm. Precision. Yeah. He was not only hitting the cage. Yeah. He was hitting Shingo. He was hitting Shingo, like, in the small of the back. Like, that must... Oh, yeah. Like, as someone who's the small of my back has been killing me because I'm moving, whenever I... When I was watching that last night, each time I, I saw him do that, like, I, like, was, like, squirming, going, ow, ow, ow. Because he... <laughs> he wasn't, like, throwing lightly. Like, he was... He was chucking it. So, that was great. But, yeah. Um, the finish between Shingo and Sairio, the fact they managed to get it with one second left was pretty great. But that was really the only in-ring stuff from the cage match that I can remember. So. Mm. But, like, the, the the more that, like, we've talked about this, Milo, the more that you've kind of talked me down from thinking how great this match was. Like, I was pretty okay with I'm it. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But, like, I was so focused on what happened outside the cage than what happened inside the cage. And it's mm. completely a valid point, especially in comparison. Like, last year's, like, was a pretty decent one. But, like, 2016 and 2015 were two great cage matches. And this is not close to those matches. It's hit or miss, you know, I mean. Yeah. The cage match is already... Re I mean, it's already complicated to, like... I would, I would say it's, I think, difficult to book and pull off. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many factors. And this year, they added two more factors. Right. I mean, the outside interference was always going to be a thing, but the fact that they added the intervals, you know, made it harder. And then the fact that they added the stipulation of, you know, the two people at the end need to have a five-minute singles match. It, I think that they kind of went in over their heads. Yeah. Uh... And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing you have to know you have to know what works and what doesn't mm -hmm. i i think i'm ready and i kind of talked about this last year if they wanted to scale back the cage match a little bit like not remove it but like maybe like not have it be a title match like last year not have it be seven people and each unit has five minutes like but just kind of figure out what works because how great 2015 and 2016 were and try to get back to that, you know? Mm. And I don't know, like, I'm I'm really happy to see that we're getting a new unit coming out of it, but it's just like, I don't... What is the fucking, what is the fucking point? Yeah, l l like, what's the point and, of this match? I mean... You already know what I'm going to say and why I'm dissatisfied with the finish, but... Right. What is the fucking point? Is this 2015? Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be interesting to see how things are going to play out now. Now that we have really Berserk version two, like now, like we we joke, we, we kind of make comments about before, but it's Berserk version two now. I mean, Seahawk, and Linda being gone. Yeah. What is on us now? It's Shingo, Yoshida, Ata, and Konda. And Konda wasn't at Corkin. And Konda don't give a shit. Konda is fucking 40 years old and probably drinking somewhere. Yeah. But he's probably having a pleasant time. I haven't looked at his blog in a while, but he always seems like he has a pleasant time. Yeah, that's true. He's a nice man. I don't care what anybody says. But, like... Now, we had, maybe it's because Berserk had a great start. Like, everything made sense with Berserk from the start. And then it just... The first, okay, when did Berserk start? Is that uh, August 2015? Yeah. Some, yeah, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. The first year of Berserk, approximately, up until the cage match, was fucking spectacular. Right. The rest was... Pretty much a wet fart. And I don't have the confidence that they're going to go back to that first year of Reserve, do you? No, I think it's over and done. You do realize I said August 2015, right? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, because it was right after Shingo won the title. Three fucking years. Just put a cork in it and kill it dead. And I guess, like, one of the hard things about it. Because I agree with you, like, 2015 to now basically having the same heel unit, it worked for Matt Blinky because they had so many different versions, but, like, Shingo as the heel leader, he's a great heel, but what else do- Nobody cares. But no no one cares, and- He's a great heel, but nobody cares. And Mm -hmm. I know people are going to say, oh, but it's a good thing, he doesn't want people to care about him, blah, blah, blah. No. And, I mean, I know that Mad Blanky were disbanded because they were getting way too popular for heels. Mm-hmm. But at, people actually gave a shit, at least. But, like, even look at... Nobody all... gives a shit about Shingo Takagi. No one cares. Go back and listen to, to the reactions that happen any single time he gets a meaningful pin, whether it's a title match or whether it was in the cake match two days ago. That's probably the most memorable thing that happened in ring. Mm-hmm. Is how the audience completely flatlined when he won. It wasn't even booze. It wasn't even discontentment. It was just like, oh, the same old shit? Cool, we don't care. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. It's one of the things that... The Shingo Takagi, who was so awesome as a heel, in late 2015, like his first run with the title, like, I have not watched any of the Champion Carnival stuff, but from what everyone has said... He was great there. It's just, in this role in Dragon Gate, no one cares. Uh, like, he's a heel, and he's an effective heel, but he's such a heel that he does not get a boo response very often. He just gets a, oh, it's him. It's like being hectored to by, like, our middle school vice principal. <laughs> but, onto the positive part that came out of the cage match. We have a new unit. Yeah, well... We have a the neighborhood bowling association. They are a bowling team. Oh, what if they had a bowling gimmick? That would be great. Oh, please! Did they get bowling shirts, you know? We 
that Sario is not a stranger to weird gimmicks anyway, so... He is the weirdest man alive. I know, I love him. Like, did... Like, when I was writing... We're gonna get to it. Sorry? We're gonna get to Karat Ryan. We're gonna get to Corkin. We're actually getting through things pretty quickly, all things considered. But, uh... What, when I was writing up the, uh, the King of Gate preview for Voices of Wrestling, I got to... I did it all pretty much in order, so A block, B block, C block, D block. And then I got to Cyrio's one, and, and I started writing about all the things that Cyrio has done. I'm like, he is a profoundly bizarre person. Like, and now he's leading a comedy unit with Don Fuji and Kness, which maybe Kness tries to get him really into Sentai, you know? <laughs> I love Ken. Oh... Hello. But I think that pretty much does it for Dead or Alive. Do you have any other last thoughts about the show? Um, not really. I, I the, the Triangle I, Gate I match. I think we knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Corkin was the uh, King of Gate kickoff. It was yesterday. Or my yesterday, Milo's two days ago. Uh, I, I, just talking like overall about the show, it had a really different feel to everything else so far this year. Was that just me, my impression? And did you get that no. feeling at all? Yeah, I agree. Like, I found myself on initial watch more intrigued by the non-tournament matches, like the opening, and then the but. The off-the-rails uh, Tri-Vanguard versus uh, Benkei, Jason Lee, and Hiyo Nabe match than I was for a lot of the stuff in the tournament outside of Naruki Doi versus Ada. Mm. Uh, oh, what were your thoughts kind of overall about the show? I liked it, but it left me wanting so much more. What were you really wanting out of it? Uh, well, not a fucking Takashi Yoshida victory. That's for fucking sure. Mm -hmm. A two-minute one. Fucking hell. Is this, like, a thing now? Is this what we do? I mean, Yoshida's had, like... He's had Shimizu's number in these kind of matches so far this year. It's just kind of annoying, because it's like a two-minute match, and it ends. Mm. But... Yeah, the 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 whole uh, I I couldn't stand the overgeneration versus natural vibes match. That right as things were getting okay, that's when Antios hits the ring and like really guys, really, really. I'm gonna tell you a thing, mm -hmm. and I feel like I say that again. This is one of those things that I say every single podcast. Mm -hmm. Nothing kills my excitement for anything in Dragon Gate. More than Antia's interference. Yeah. And it's like, this is Dragon Gate. I can handle heel interference. But the problem is that, and on this show, I was pleasantly surprised, if not at the result of a match, I was pleasantly surprised that the interference did not happen in Shingo versus Yoshino. Yeah. But fucking hell, it's all the fucking time. It's all the fucking time. There is not 
one Dragon Gate show in recent memory where I have where we haven't had to deal with it. Yeah. There's heel interference, and then there's just not knowing how to do anything else to make yourself look relevant. And like the thing with the uh, Ada versus uh, Nuruki Doi match was they had that part of it and it was so early in the match that they got so far away from it by the time the match was over that I had to look at my notes like, oh yeah, there was Antios interference. That sucked. And then the match was good enough for me to kind of put it in like the back of my mind. But there were two out of three of the matches or two matches in a row with Antios bullshit. And then... Mm. Luckily, Shingo versus uh, Yoshino had nothing because we'd be looking at three straight matches of that. But, yeah, it's... They've got to figure out what to do with this unit. They really do, because a lot of other things on this show and, and, and in the promotion this year has been a lot better than I think people give credit for. Maximum has been such a great unit from its formation to now. Natural Vibes is a unit type that we've not seen in over a decade, and that's awesome seeing a unit like this. Tri Vanguard's gotten finally got a little pep in their step. They're going to probably take over Generation out back and put it down, but you still have Antios. And Antios, they need to either completely change things, get someone that's going to overthrow Shingo so they have a different anything. But it's, as you were just saying, like, it's been three years of this now. But. It's just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. <laughs> it, it, it's tiring. What did you say? It's tiring. Like, every month seeing it happen, and it's just tiring. What was. Like looking at a positive about the show, the opening match was really good. I love that opening match. What do you think about it? Mm, yeah, <laughs> it was. I mean, I guess if you're gonna talk about it as like a Kurakan opening match, it was really good. Yeah. As an opener, not as, like, an overall match, but, like, match one, I thought it was awesome for a match one. I like seeing OG. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I like seeing OG. It was funny to see Mochizuki in that spot. Yeah, Mochizuki opened the show. Hmm. Well, since he's not in the tournament. Yeah. But, you know, it was as inoffensive as it gets. Skywalker looks awesome, as he always does. I'm really, really impressed with him. Him and Mochi had so much fun. That was such a fun part. Mm -mm. And, you know, when they debuted, I thought, oh, I'm going to like Hyo a lot more. But I'm sorry, I have to say, Shin Shin is my boy. You know, you have your small leopard son, and I have my big frog son. (laughs) But he has really, like... Out of, like, the uh, whole group of them from the rookies of 2016, we had to take Ben K out of the situation because Ben K is his own thing. It looked really? like... I, I mean, it initially looked like it was going to be Hyo, and then mm. maybe Yoshioka, and Shun looked very awkward. I remember us, like, talking about, like, how awkward it was, but he's really blossomed. Mm. 
And that was, like, the thing that, like, made this match so great to me. Like, it's not a... It's not a match that's going to make anyone's end of the year list, but for for what I love doing in Dragon Gate, which is watching younger wrestlers progress, seeing Shun do this, see uh, see OG. OG really had a great performance, I felt like. So, that's what I really liked about that match. Uh, OG's really doing great. I'm really proud of him. Yeah, considering, like, he just kind of appeared out of nowhere... He's, he's been great, you know? Yeah, well, he's doing us all proud. He's doing us all proud. He has new he has shorts now. He's not wearing his older brother's gear, which, you know, it was always nice seeing him have that gear, but it's nice that he has his own look now. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Ugh. He's growing up. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Yoshioka's pants? Because I hate them. Upgrade from the previous ones. Still ugly. Okay, I I, I can get behind that. Like the pre- it was it was gonna be difficult to do worse than the previous ones. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we, first of all, we need to do something about that color scheme. Yeah, dark blue and yellow doesn't work. Ah. <sighs> I mean, it works for flags, not mm-hmm. for pants. Yeah. Basically. And he's not... I don't see him on... I don't see him being a boat, so I don't think he should be wearing those colors. Mm-mm. But, uh... It's an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. The cut is already better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No more bell bottoms. We're not going to the disco. <laughs> I mean, if he joins Natural Vibes... He could. But... He could. I... It's going to be interesting. Uh, I kind of am getting the sense, and when, like, looking at the questions we got, which we'll get to in a moment, we'll get to after we're done the show, uh, mm. it seems that a lot of people are trying to figure out where these guys should go, because it really is time for Shun and Hyo and Yoshioka to move up, you know? Because... Mm-mm. I don't know, like, natural vibes, I, I almost feel like that that's more Hyo, you know? But that might just be me. I mean, Hyo is either headed there or for a heal unit, so... Yeah, one or the other. I keep saying that Hyo is gonna be... I keep saying that he's eventually going to be, like, a really great little bratty heal, and I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Like how Linda was. Exactly. Basically. Mm-hmm. So, else on the card, there was, I thought the comedy match of Sachi Hoko Boy and Sakuri Chikawa versus Don Fuji and Ryo Saito was, you, was a lot... I, I'm usually, like, kind of whatever about comedy matches, but Saito deciding I got my head shaved, so I'm not, now I'm going to act like I'm a rookie. I thought that was great. Okay, I'm sorry, but he looked like a sperm cell. He looks so weird with a bald head. He does. Like, that's that's a good point. Uh, but uh, I I did like how he, how he was constantly bowing to Don Fuji. He was trying not to crack. Yagi was corpsing. His excitement. Yeah. It, that was that was great. It was a good look, little comedy match. I think that with this unit, like, just being like, hey, we're going to keep things light. I think that's a good touch for uh, for a unit with those two. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
don't really have I we already kind of talked about Shimizu and Yoshida. Uh, let's get into Tough Love Part Two because Hyo and Maria had a match that almost went off the rails at a lot of times. Oh God, it was a bit messy. It was fun but messy. Like Maria cracked Hyo pretty good at one point. She fucking dropkicked him, like, right on his fucking nose. Like, that was... I don't know what it is with Dragon Gate people these days and just fucking throwing their feet full force at each other, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... I, I do really like Kagator and Tri Vanguard. Like, uh, other parts of that match, I really think that he is a good fit for that team. And he already meshes he Wolf. He Wolf. seems to be having fun. Plus, he gets to recycle his gear. He does. He does. He's wearing some Warriors 5 pants out there now, or shorts out there now. But Hyo, again, needs to learn. Practice the moves you want to pull off in the dojo a little bit more. Please. Mm-hmm. Because... See, that's the thing. And I think this is something that he's done ever since the beginning. Mm-hmm where I think he's got great ambitions for what he wants to do and he's got good ideas and he's got good awareness of what works and what pops a crowd. But he doesn't have the experience to do all of those things yet. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of... I mean, it's kind of faulting him at a point. Because he's not, you know, performing at the level that he should be. I think he should be concentrating on what he really does know how, like, to do. Mm-hmm. Before he starts, you know, wanting to be, like, all flashy and shit. I don't know if you remember, in, like, the first match where he was really introduced as Hio Watanabe with, like, the, the leopard gear and everything. He tried to do, um, and I can't remember what it's called, Tarantula? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, he was trying... That was the one, the match versus the veterans, right? Exactly, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, And it was flashy, but it wasn't applied the way that it should have been, basically. Yeah. Because it is a flashy move. It's a move, you know, that has been used by wrestlers that are well-beloved all over the world. But if you can't do it, Practice it until you can, and then do it on the big stage. Totally, yeah. You know, and I think that's Hio's biggest um, biggest flaw right now is that he's he feels too big for his boots. Mm-hmm. Because he's still a young boy. He's still, you know, he's about what two years now. He is all the the three of them are Shun, him, and. Uh, Benke are about to either they're either finishing up their second year or about to enter their third year. Fuck. Time, time f- really does. Yeah, time flies. I feel like it was just yesterday that we were talking about how Benke only had like six televised matches. Right, yeah. Um and yeah, I think I think he I think he has a great mind and a great vision for himself. But he just needs to work harder at re- at fully realizing it. Yeah, that's that's my point. 
you know? Yeah, oh, no, I completely agree with you. And it's it, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I'm there's a part of me that's like, okay, he's going to end up okay. He's eventually going to be able to pull off these moves crisper. He's eventually going to get them down to do it, or he's going to learn, I can't do this move. I'm going to drop this move. But it's just kind of frustrating to watch, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. So my favorite match of the show was Ada versus Naruki Doi that happened next and this kind of goes back to Ada needing to like get a fire lit under him and it is it, it was good that he was matched up against someone like Doi who still considering like how considering like how things went with Doi with that he was the most over guy in the company didn't get the title didn't get the title didn't get the title he still is super over like him trying to be a technician against him and like slowing it down actually worked you know Mm -hmm. so i really like this match the fact that we gotta see a fucking muscular bomb holy shit i really crossed myself and i'm not even catholic (laughs) no because first of all the muscular bomb is one of the most terrifying moves like, not in Dragon Gate, and possibly like that I've personally seen. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this one was no exception. Holy shit! And I mean, we we talked about this in the lead up to 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 this recording. Is that he hasn't used it in like five years? Right. The last time, like after he hit it, I immediately went and tried to look up when was the last time he did it, and the. I'll be honest, I might be wrong about this, but last time I could find it was 2013. Mm. I I know that he teases it all the time. Right. But actually hitting it? It was pretty freaking terrifying, honestly. It was terrifying, and I have to give Ada credit. He looked... I I went back and rewatched this clip a couple times just because I was like, okay... Was this as bad as I thought it was? And he landed almost into disaster mode, but looked like he landed on his shoulders just enough because this was a move that broke Shima's neck. So it's Shima calls it a car crash type of move. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty terrifying to watch happen because there's very there's no margin of error for how you land. Oh, none, none whatsoever. Like, if, you, if you're off by one millimeter, you will die. Or you will break your neck and be as good as dead. Yeah. It's, like, it's, I, and that one was fucking nasty, too. Like, I don't know what the fuck has gotten into Doi these days. Mm-hmm. But, oh my god, he's out for blood. I mean, one of the things that he talked about on the Kyoto shows was like that he's not only just going to win this block, he's going to be the standard bearer of this block. So maybe he's going to try to break everyone's neck. Please don't. I mean, I'd rather just he the, didn't. Just a thought. Just a thought. Just don't. an idea. Throwing it out there. Don't break everyone's <laughs> neck. Um, yeah, no, uh, I mean, I like the smash. It was honestly probably my favorite out of the, the block matches on this show. I agree. Yeah. Which says a lot since Eita was in it. Mm-hmm. But he did actually seem to to want to be there. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that finish fucking like I, I had to pause and like go walk around the room for a little bit. <laughs> like I just witnessed an attempted murder. Right. It's it's a very very scary move. It, like I I can't even like describe how it looks. You just you have to see it for yourself. But it's really fucking scary. So I'm looking at the rest of the C block people in it, and uh, uh, Dragon Kid, if he takes it, he might die, even if it lands right. Maria, oh. I don't want Maria taking this move. She's too precious. And Tomonaga, I like my Tomonaga now in, in natural vibes for the first time in his career. I don't want him to do take it either. Honestly, I think Doin no- knows how much of a novelty it is. Right. If he breaks it out every single every single match, um, it'll lose its shine. Exactly. Yeah. So I think any matches that he wins now, he'll probably win with the Bakatare or with his V9 clutch. But um, it was kind of like um, unpredictable that he would break it out for this, like the first night of of King of Gate. Like I would have imagined it maybe in the finals. Oh yeah. Or like in the title match against Mochi if he won, you know? Please no. I, I mean, in that situation, he could have. Yeah, but don't. <laughs> I don't want to be a widower. <laughs> I don't want you to be a widower either. I don't want to go to the funeral and be like, Milo, I'm so sorry for your loss. I don't want to be that. I don't want to have to be there. Even though I look good in black, I don't want to. <laughs> you fucking bitch. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It, like you, this is my favorite match of the tournament's blocks. Um, the, I had an issue watching the last two matches. I watched all four of these shows in two days after moving a whole lot of stuff, so I was very tired watching Takagi Yoshino and Yamato KZ. But I, when I rewatched them, I thought they were good. Okay to good. I liked Yamato versus KZ more. But it was... Uh, the, the way that I kind of look at these matches, like, the thing with Takagi and Yoshino is that with that match, it was a little, I don't want to say uninspired, but it was a match that was, I don't know, like, the way that, like, with Takagi's best matches to me are that he goes, he smash mouth, and he attacks people, and he just goes full force, and that one was a little bit more deliberate and I don't know if that was the fact that it was a crazy week in Dragon Gate schedule, or if it was just that they decided to work into it. It just was kind of a little uninspired for me, and especially in contrast, considering that people have been throwing around that Shingo was the MVP of the Champion Carnival, it was kind of disappointing, and especially considering that this was Yoshino's first like tournament really since he got back from his huge injury i felt like that was kind of disappointing also i mean this is yoshino right yoshino doesn't take pins he does not take pins he very rarely is the one taking the fall so i feel like there's definitely something going on with shingo pinning him here after Mm -hmm. saying that you know he was taking back control and this is going to be his era or whatever the fuck he said i don't really give a shit but there was definitely some significance in that win other than King of Gate points. True. So it's even more disappointing. Yeah. Um, it was just, uh, for that match, it was just kind of like that for me. Like, it was 
good but underwhelming, and I kind of felt the same way about Yamato and KZ on a first watch. When I rewatched it, I liked it a lot more. I, th I think the thing about Yamato for me, and it might just be me personally, I don't like how Yamato has more of a grapple-heavy offense in a, in a company that if you're doing grappling, it's more lucha-based. And for me, I feel like that if it's lucha-based grappling it actually works where if it's more MA based it just slows everything down and really I kind of felt the crowd felt the same way and uh, that's not to mention also the fact that like right in the middle like the first few minutes Yamato decided to go and uh, just go on the outside but uh, it was kind of frustrating like the first 10 minutes this was, the, this was the match that went closest to the time limit it went until I'm looking it up right now. It went 1942. So it was getting right down to the draw. But it, after they got through that and when KZ started firing back and the two of them started to crack each other with elbows, I got really into it. I think that the headbutts were kind of just a little much, to be honest. <laughs> but um, They always are, to be fair. Yeah, they always are. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I like how... KZ really was just not backing down in the match, and I feel like that's going to be the story of him throughout the tournament. Mm. Oh, do you have any thoughts about that match? Oh, do I? Yeah, go ahead. I just kind of ranted oh. about it. <laughs> oh, I'm just itching to start. Um, so I liked it. It was definitely a by-the-numbers KZ match. But now I'm just tired. <laughs> now I'm just tired. Because they will never take him seriously. They will never take him seriously. And this, the result of this match proves that to me. Yamato is someone who has taken a backseat recently. Mm -hmm. There's no denying that. KZ, on the other hand, is supposed to be in the fucking driver's seat. There is no tangible reason that KZ should not have won this match. This is your leader? Like, this is the leader of the new U... And I just picked up the triangle gates and he loses almost the next day just like that don't give a shit this is because this is KZ right it doesn't matter who cares it it just I'm tired of the way that Dragon Gate treats KZ as a hot commodity but refuses to fully pull the trigger on him. And has been doing this for years now. And I said this in my preview for Dead or Alive. Because you guys predicted that Maximum were going to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The triangle match. And I mean... I do agree with the reasoning that you guys gave, and I do agree that KZ is someone who thrives in, who well thrives in defeat. And I I did say that 
he's basically the only person who can lose a match and make you feel like he won. Yeah. But at this point, that's all he's fucking been doing for two and a half years. Yeah, this really could have been the breakthrough win for him. It should have been. Mm-hmm. It really should have been. And I'm really tired of this start-stop booking with him. Where they're like, oh, we're going to give him a little bit. But we're not going to go all the way. Because they need it more than ever. And the crowd with wants four it. four guys gone to Shanghai. Four guys gone to Shanghai. No one gives a shit about Shingo. BB Hulk is essentially uh, a fucking nursery attendant now. Yamato supposedly took a backseat. Jay-Z is the guy. How do they not see... And I know that there is this bias and this prejudice of him being, you know, a second or third-rate wrestler at best for, like, seven or eight years. I know this. But at this point, after showing that you can do great things with him if you decide to, and him showing that he will take every single opportunity that you give him, no matter how small, and turn it into gold, how are we still having this conversation? Like, am I crazy for thinking that it's bullshit that we're still having this conversation of OKZ should have won instead of just watching him win? I think that, like, they try to go half on this. But why? Oh, no, I'm completely agreeing with you, Milo. I I feel like that they think it's like, oh, we're going to make him take the death move. He'll kick out of Galileas, but he's going to have to take Ragnarok and that'll put him away. That's not what they should have done. This should have been the one to put Casey over the top and be, and confirm that like he is in the driver's seat now. Like I'm I'm totally with you on this. It's it was incredibly frustrating seeing how it really at least on all the other shows this week it was all about Casey's in the driver's seat, and then you go to Corican and it's same old shit. And it's just it's how fast and I'm tired of it. Yeah, and Dragon Gate is a company that I'm harsh, I'm, I'm this harsh on them because I know that when they pull their fingers out of their asses and they actually decide to go all out on something, they create some of the most beautiful moments. And they create some of the most beautiful stories. And the problem with KZ's story over the past two and a half years is that it could be one of the most beautiful stories, but they never go over to actually make it. You know? Yeah, and I'm right now looking at the uh, King of Gate tournament right now, and this would have been the moment been like, okay, KZ is in the driver's seat. Are they just, like, trying to save the win against Yamato for, like, some other time? Like, when is there going to be another singles match between the two of them? Unless, like, the Dream Gate's involved somehow, but they're not going to put the belt on Yamato anytime soon. So it's like, this was the moment that they could have done it. Because you look at the rest of it, he'll beat Konda, he'll beat Shun. Benkei will be the tough match there. 
But now it's like, oh, he might already be out of the block now because of this, because they didn't, they weren't willing to put KZ over the top. So, I'm totally with you about this. And it was a really weird moment to end the show on, too. Also, can I just say, Yamato, you look fucking stupid. It's a bad haircut. This was your worst haircut ever, and you just decided to go back to it. At this point, I would rather you just shave your head and show us your giant Dumbo ears. I'm glad that you finally admit he has Dumbo ears. Well, he does, you know. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to put my dick in him. <laughs> it, it, it's just like... Uh, like... They still have Yamato as the guy. He's the one who does the big address at the beginning of the show. And they could have ended the night with KZ being the guy. And they should have ended the night with KZ being the guy. And they didn't. And it's frustrating. And if this is the reason that KZ does not get out of it, block A, I'll get really, really pissed. I'm just... I mean, I feel like I said everything that I needed to say. So should we move on to questions then? Like, I'm just, and you know that you know that all of this is coming from a Yamato fan, right? I love that bitch, but you know that's that's what really ground my gears too is that in his post match promo, Yamato was like, "Oh, I see now the fire that led you to." leaving Tribe Vanguard, that would have been so much better if Yamato had said it from the floor after being defeated. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't with the half-assing anymore. Yeah. Stop dangling the, the KZ-shaped carrot in front of my face and then pulling it off. And it always feels like it's two steps forwards, one or two steps back with how they treat him, too. Yeah. So, I'm totally, like, it was a very sour note to leave the show on. Mm. And that's, that was the first night of King of Gate. They have, the next show is not televised. The next, the show, next show that's going to be on the network is uh, Takagi's Homecoming. It has uh, Leona and uh, Tatsuyumi Fujinami are on the show. It does? Yeah. <gasps> Yay! It's on the 13th. It, the rest of the show is actually pretty interesting. Uh, what, wait, sh- what does Leona do? Uh, Leona is, on, is... Oh, you're going to love this match, actually. You actually will. He is in the semi-main event. It is Naruki Doi Yoshino... Uh, Big R Shimizu, Jason Lee versus KZ, Susumu Yokosuka, uh, Ginky Horikuchi, and Leona. Oh, match of the year. Easily. So Stop the presses right now. This is the match of the year. Oh my god, wait, does that mean that we might get Leona doing the natural vibes dance? Yes, that does. Ah! Oh my god, oh, you just made me the happiest man alive. Hey, I, it, it's about levels, you know? We were down, Let, let's bring it up, you know? Oh, this is the best day of my life. And, Are you kidding? Well, no, the best day of my life will be the 13th when I get to see Leona do the natural vibes dance. Hey, and there's some other matches that I'm really psyched about on this show as well. Like, Maria versus Punch Tomonaga. I'm actually really stoked for that match because I am all aboard Punch and natural vibes now. Uh, mm. Binkei versus Shun. 
That should nice. be uh, Ryo Saito versus Kagatora. Nice. And then there's a tag match of of Yamato BB Hulk versus Don Fuji and Gamma. That's going to be weird. That match will be very, very weird. The main event... I feel like it's just going to be Fuji, Gamma, and Hulk fucking around for like 10 minutes while Yamato tries to call his therapist. I know, it's going to be great. It's right mm-hmm. up my alley. Uh, the main event of that show, since it is Takagi's homecoming, has Takagi, uh, Yoshida, Yuko Miyamoto from 666 versus... Oh, Versus Misaki Mochizuki, Dragon Kid, and Tatsu Yumi Fujinami. Yuga Miyamoto is just, he's just showing up like a fucking... Okay. I mean... I am not gonna complain, I love me some Yuga Miyamoto. It's a weird card. I mean, usually like these shows, like last year they had, uh, last year they had Kijimoto on it, and then they've had, they've had Stack mm-hmm. of Arms on the shows before, and they're like, no, nah, we're just gonna have the Fujinamis and... Yuko Miyamoto on it. So, that's the next show on the network. Kobe Sanbao Hall is not being televised, which is kind of weird. Uh, that The next show after that is the uh, is from Eon Arena. It has, the block matches are Shimizu versus Jason Lee, Yokosuka versus Yoshino, which should own, Ada versus Dragon Kid, and then KZ versus Binkei. So, the, that's what the next week and so is like for Dragon Gate. Again, the show on the 13th and the 19th will be on the network. And that will be it for shows on the network until the end of the month with the uh, Sapporo triple shot. But uh, mm. So Milo, we got a ton of questions this episode. Are you ready to get into the mailbag? Let's do it, bitch. Alright, if you ever want to send us a question for us to answer on air, please tweet at us our twitter account is at open voice gate and we will take your questions on there and we have a whole lot of them so the the first one is from nuclear convoy at nuclear convoy who is someone that if you're looking to learn about owe and chinese wrestling that's the one that's the one they put out like almost like all like as like a starting point for like my research into this has started from them they have links to the owe show the one that actually aired in china and this seek out nuclear convoy i can't say enough good things about them and Mm -hmm. they ask i want your detailed and honest opinions on the dg debuts of gao jinja and liu jinji aka scorpio double x from oriental wrestling entertainment and I thought they did some really incredible stuff, but you could tell how rehearsed it was. And that is frustrating, at least as someone who's used to watching matches that aren't like super like, okay, we do this, we do this, we do this, and we do this. So I think there's a lot of potential with these guys. They do some incredible stuff. But, you know, you could tell it was their second match and they were with their trainer and with another guy who trained them, so... It's kind of hard to tell how good they actually are outside of doing dope shit. And I, and I think that's a pretty fair thing to say so far. Uh, do you have any thoughts from like the gifts you've seen of them, Milo? I mean, pretty impressive. <laughs> Definitely the kind of guys that Shima would have a boner for. Oh, incredibly. Like They're like the genetically engineered sons of his. 
Okay, the next one is from Brian at Liger X Bomb. I'm sure I'm sure you'll be covering it, but King of Gate predictions. Milo, what are yours? Uh, Naruki Doid goes on a murderous rampage. He's already started. <laughs> he he he's claiming broken necks. He is fuck. Um, I could see Doid going far. Mm-hmm. Because he usually does. He does he does well in tournaments. Yeah. Um, right now, it's kind of an open field, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of hard after the first day. So, yeah. For me, I just I just think Doi will reach at least the semifinals again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about it. I have my preview up on Voices of Wrestling, where I wrote way too much about this, but... Uh, I picked KZ, Doi, oh no, I picked KZ, BB Hulk, Doi, and Yoshino to win their blocks, and I picked Yoshino to win the tournament. Oh, I mean, if, oh, mm, you're leading, mm, you're leading me to... Interesting stuff. I, I feel like they might go interesting with this this year. And also, it's, oh, go ahead. I just opened Instagram, and the first thing on my feed is a picture of Doi and Tozawa. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Tazawa's in Japan right now. Can I cry forever? Yeah, you, you know who had, you know who had a really sweet tweet about seeing Tazawa? Susumu. Uh, wait, Susumu has Twitter. Susumu has Twitter. Yeah. He just like joined like a couple weeks ago. How do I how do I never find out about these things? Probably because I I'm, probably because I muted the English accounts, but yeah, hey. But yeah, Susumu was like, "Hey, I gotta see a super, I gotta see superstar today," and I was like, "Oh, that's sweet." Like, I, and Tazawa looks so happy to see his old friends, and makes me miss him more. I'll, really, I'll really cry, bitch. <laughs> I will really cry. But all right, our next one is from Devin Current at Lu Tang Secret. Cover the new old new anti awesome. What does it mean if the OWE split plus Shingo ripping the company past Champions Carnival? Well, we kind of already talked about the first part, kind of ad nauseum. Uh, the OWE split, they gotta do something about the heel side. They got we don't know what's gonna be, and it's probably happening after the tournament. But four people in a heel unit's not good. And him ripping the company, I think that was just character shit. Do you have any thoughts on that? Not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't wait for Antias to die. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they have to, regardless, they have to figure out their heel situation. Like, whatever they do, they got to figure shit out. Uh, Champ Julius asked us, at Champ Julius, which non-KZ Natural Vibes member improved the most after the first show? I think it's Punch. Punch is having the time of his motherfucking life, and I could not be happier about it. It fits for him so much. Like, it, it he he gets to like hang out with uh, the old guys who get to date who know how to dance. They get to hang out with uh, with, with KZ, who it's impossible not to have a good time around KZ, and yep. Yashi, who probably has weed on him somehow. So, it's a great time. Uh, how would you rank the dancers so far in Natural Vibes? Okay, so, 
number five, Kate, uh, number five, Yashi. Sorry. Yeah, Yashi's not great at it. Number yeah. five, Yashi. Number four is Susumu for effort. Yeah. Number three, KZ. Yeah. Number two, Punch. Number one, Genki. Yeah, like, I think Genki just has such, like, he's into it. Like, he like he plays with the camera, you know? Like, mm. like he is so much more into it. Susumu looks like he's thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Um, Yashi is going through the motions. Uh, Punch, Punch is having the time of his life, and KZ tries really hard, but they're also having him do the mic work as he's doing it. So... I don't think he's into it as much as he he's he's into it as much as he can be. I think my I think it's Yashi five, Susumu four, Punch three, KZ two, and Genki number one. Up, uh, the next one is from Kevin at Taruki Noi. Oh, oh no, this is uh, sorry. This is another one from Champ Julius. Uh, rank the guys from who definitely smoked who has. Who's definitely smoked pot to is who's never been around anything out of the natural five members. Sorry, can you repeat? Sorry. Uh Champ Julius. Who has never smoked pot the what now? Oh yeah, out of the members of Natural Five. Who has smoked and who has not smoked pot? Well, we can eliminate Yashi because we all know that he has. Yeah. But uh... Okay, Casey definitely has. I feel like if any of the ones who've done time like in Mexico probably have. Honestly, I think Punch is probably the only one who hasn't. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. You know, I, I think... Like, the- I feel like KZ, yes. Genki, I wouldn't be surprised, and he probably did other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Susumu probably tried it, like, once and decided it wasn't for him. Right. Um, and yeah, Yashi is... The, like, Yashi is the entire wrestling community's supplier, so... I, I mean, I remember, I remember being told that Yashi really wants to work in California. So, yeah, but what a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the next one, I need to drop something into slot. I'm gonna drop something into Skype because Oakgan at Oakgan asked us what was the best OWE look. So, we're, we're running low on time, but I'm gonna pull up some tweets of looks from the uh, from the OWE show. So, uh, as I do that, Milo, I'm gonna ask you the next question, which is from a friend of the show. He asks us questions all the time. Greg goes coast to coast at Goodnight Love. With Shima bringing his students in from China, any chance DG breaks into the Chinese market? And if they do, is it going to be tours or another vanity promotion? Or another vanity promotion like DG USA or DG... Vanity promotion. Like DG USA or DG UK. Uh, yes, and the second one. I think that it's probably going to that I don't think they're going to go over there as Dragon Gate with OWE there, you know, and with them being involved with OWE. So, it's going to be interesting, but it's it, this is a different situation than the uh, the whole DG USA thing where they were just sending guys and different from uh, DG UK which was which was done f- from other wrestlers were running the shows from us and they were sending guys, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Alright, so we've took some time to look at these, and Milo, who is your favorite OWE look? Uh, definitely the horny guy. 
The horn guy. <laughs> yeah, I think his name is Red Bull, maybe. That's a great name. Literal. Great name, great gear, great horns. Uh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Love uh, it. Yes, definitely. I I really like Mr. Cool's look, and he's the hip-hop guy. Just because his name is Mr. Miss, cool. I see him. I see him now. Well, I could do I could do without the cornrows, but the rest yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of glittery, but yeah, the cornrows. He is very glittery. But well, like, you know, the, an Asian guy with cornrows and a glittery outfit, he's essentially a K-pop idol. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, a C-pop idol in yeah. his case, mm-hmm. since he's Chinese. But like, there's a lot uh, of crazy looks with this. So yeah, I like the hor- I like the horn guy. I like the one that's apparently dressed as the bride from Kill Bill. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we didn't talk about Jason Lee dressing as the fucking bride from Kill Bill, but that was incredible. And it works on so many different levels because it's like, yeah, dressed as the bride from K- Kill Bill, which is the takeoff of the Bruce Bruce Lee costume from Game of Death. So mm. it, it's great. Like I like this. I do have to see say that the OWE guy with the uh, translucent yellow shirt. I don't like the translucent yellow shirt a lot, to be honest. Uh, I don't know who this is, but the person that Okan listed as Met Gala, who has like this crazy like he ha- he has an awesome haircut and he has like spikes coming off his his like shoulders and his neck. If you, have you have you already looked? <laughs> I'm on. I'm in the the thread right now. Yeah. But... So thank you also, Okan. Yeah, that yes. guy has a fucking look right there. I love it. Probably more on theme than a lot of the people who went to the Med Gala. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. Horny Guy's still my favorite, though. I, you know, if I was going to pick someone other than Mr. Cool, I'm picking Met Gala. Met Gala? Okay. I don't I know. do like the guy with the flags. Like, he has, like... Yeah green flags and what looks like maybe traditional theater paint or something yeah and he's like the pole arm next in his hand yeah it's uh there's a lot of really like powerful this looks, looks. Good. honestly this looks good yeah like, but i will kill this guy from getting for getting a kiss from mochi hey mochizuki you know he's the, the i just like the fact that mochizuki is like you know what that's gonna get some heat let's do this but. Well, do you, do you remember when the, during the cage match when he kissed Maria on the cheek and she literally fainted? Uh, that was amazing. That was the most relatable thing that happened in this entire match. It, 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 that's when you needed to have Kiss from a Rose playing in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, it has nothing to do with... It has nothing to do with, like, the costumes, but I'm literally, like, internally crying at this tweet that's like, everybody's crying at Amazing Grace. Because same. I, I think for the next episode, we need to review the show. Like, watch the show and give our thoughts on this. Because the, it, it seems like it's crazy. And I, I've only seen, like, parts of it, like, when I've had time. But it is, like, theater. It is Shaolin Kung Fu. It is idols. It is fashion. It kind of might be everything that Open the Voice Gate stands for. Mm. So. Yes. We have, I think we have like one or two more questions before we before we go too long. Uh, uh, all right, uh, the next one is from uh, next one's from Thoros at Thoros underscore. Pick one of the Chinese guys for each of the Dragon Gate units. This might be a little tough just from our inexperience for this, but I definitely want Met Gala to to join Natural Vibes. <laughs> 
did just because I want to just because I mean you already have Yashi, you have KZ, they, they have some kind of powerful hair. Let's like throw in that guy's hair too. Uh, is there anyone that you'd want to see in a Dragon Gate unit just from like looking at the gifts? Oh yeah, definitely. I would. Okay, I would put. Uh, well, I mean, Horny Guy looks like he should be an Antias, so I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put Med Gala in Tribe Vanguard. Oh, really? Yeah. Because maybe he can, like, give Hulk his flair back. Oh, that's a good point. I wish I thought of that. Oh. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.